it with Trillo in Suede, uh, the, the the stars of the film Casa Noir. Uh, how's it going, Trillo and Suede? I first question I have to ask you guys: Who is the brains of the operation for you guys? Well, modesty prevents me from going into detail about that, but we're a good team. I mean, together we sort of uh, reinforce each other's uh, strengths and hopefully not the weaknesses. So to clarify, he's Trillo. He's Suede. And together we're Trillo and Suede, the detective duo. And so what do you, are you got, what kind of, what's your acting process? Are you guys method actors? Do you guys get into the skin of the characters? Like, what do you, what's your process? Well, it's all kind of natural with, uh, you know, when you see Casa Noir, our new movie, we're sort of just playing ourselves. It's more like a, like reality TV for us. Although it's an actual script as well, that we wrote the script, which is a parody of the iconic 1942 movie, Casablanca. But since we're just playing ourselves, it's kind of a slice of the life. You know, we just focus on the task at hand as if it's a real case, because it's all based on our real life experiences. Since we are detectives, we've got our office in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, yeah, we're just uh, being ourselves in Casa Noir. What kind of cases do you guys uh, usually have? Well, it runs the gamut. There's all kinds. I mean, we have a whole web series that's devoted to the actual cases that we've recorded for the viewers to enjoy. So we've got 20 episodes out there so far on the Trillo and Suede YouTube channel. And um, there we get a nice cross-section. We offer, I think, a nice cross-section of all kinds of people. I mean, there's the, there's the typical, uh, you know, jilted spouses spying on their spouses, getting evidence for uh, divorce and goes to much more serious things. I think it's a, it turns into all kinds of gangster-related stuff it could be. And, uh, you know, espionage, uh, murder mysteries, all kinds of stuff. In, in film noir, it's usually, there's usually a love interest. Have you guys usually get some romantic partners in your cases? Well, yeah, that's kind of a high point, I think, for the sake of our viewers. I think they really enjoy that vicariously to see how I, uh, you know, how I get along with the dames. All right. Well, dames is kind of uh, considered sexist these days. Oh, come on, get off it. It's, a, it's just, you know, got to take it in context. I and mean, that's my lingo. Well, it's, it's my lingo too, but he's the one who's more involved with the dames because they fall for me, you know? So it's a constant sense of jealousy for my partner here. I'll admit to that. It's a little, yeah, it kind of uh, irks me after all this time, but he's got this magnetism, you know, I don't know, animal Magnetism. It's wood in the magnetism, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess part of the, the penis pun with that with that phrase, I guess. I'll say that again. Nothing. I was just kidding. You said it's a wooden magnetism, right? So. Oh yeah, that's uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I mean, it's, uh, well, it's not a fair comparison. Okay, so give me some tips on on the ladies. How do you pick up the ladies? Well, you know what? I advise you to do something that I did that I found very helpful through the years. I watched, I observed, I examined how Trillo deals with, with women in general, you know, his, his tactics, his techniques, the way he acts with them, and I do the opposite. So that's, uh, that's what you should do. Study, study Trillo, how he, how he uh, gets along with, with dames, and just do the opposite. So it's the opposite approach. That's pretty, that's, that's actually good advice for a lot of things in life. Just if you see someone doing something bad, you just do the opposite and you'll do good, I guess, right? Yeah, it works for me. <laughs> well, it doesn't work for me. That's because you're not doing the opposite of what you do. You got to change. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard process for me. So you have, uh, so Mr. D JT uh, Schindler is your director. How do you guys get along with uh, JT? 
Yeah, well, he did a good job along with everybody else. It was pretty intense, though. Yeah, a very intense kind of uh, a four-day shoot we did for this movie because we were under the gun budget-wise, coming out of our own pockets, partially crowdfunded, but uh, the bulk of it coming out of our own pockets because we were very determined and eager to do this. So everybody was under the gun. Yeah, so a lot of uh, intensity, but we but we got, got through it and we got along uh, well, focusing on the ta task at hand to get this thing done, which we did. Just a quick segue on your uh, on your website. It says that you met you both met uh, Tina Fey. The Tina Fey. Who did she like better? Well, I mean. Uh, you want to answer that? He's too. It's going to really depress him to think back about those, those kind of experiences. Well, I mean, invariably, uh, people kind of are drawn to me, and that uh, kind of really irks my partner. Y yes, it does, and especially dames. And since Tina fits under the category of the dame, it's no exception. So she and I got along quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm afraid that's uh, kind of par for the course. But uh, Tina was very nice. I mean, she was very pleasant. Pleasant to him, just out of, you know, tactfulness. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was a nice little experience. We're, that was on the set of Admission. The movie, Tina thing, movie a few years ago. We were consultants because um, the, Nat Wolf, her co-star, uh, actually played a ventriloquist. I mean, a, yeah. you know, a teenager who, uh, who at least was capable of, of doing ventriloquism. So, you know, we were hired to, to train him to it. Uh, to do it, or at least to fake it, to do it well enough to fake it, that kind of thing. So we were on set for a couple of days for that. <clears throat> how is that? Like, how is that process? Like, can you call, call, like, can you actually teach someone to do that for pretty quickly? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like any other skill and talent, like a musical talent. You know, it's a combination of, uh, of practicing and, and, uh, and talent and innate ability, but it can be developed. So, um, and uh, we have developed ways that we can teach people quite quickly the basic techniques. And it's up to them to practice it and get better at it. So, of course, uh, Nat Wolf was not going to become a, an expert ventriloquist in a few weeks. But we did have a few weeks. So we did several private lessons with him <clears throat> where we <clears throat> taught him and, and practiced with him. And, uh, you know, to get him to be able to do it well enough that he actually, he actually could do it. You know, that he was uh, uh, pretty good, uh, like... Uh, beginner ventriloquist so he could pull it off yeah so we, we pulled it off and which was smart on the part of the uh the producers whoever's involved in the movie you know uh, in, in the case of uh in the respect of the, wanting him to actually be able to do it because they could fake it entirely people have done that <clears throat> you know just have somebody who doesn't know anything about ventriloquism just uh fake it and they overdub the voices later on yeah. but it doesn't look it doesn't look as realistic this way it looks realistic yeah, totally. Well, no, I think what you're doing is that is that you're no offense to you, but you're really a human. Like you, you feel so real when I'm talking to you. Like you're the eyes yeah. are moving. The absolutely, you're looking intensely into my eyes, and like right. you're almost convinced for a second that that you're not wooden, like you said. Like you're actually just like your partner there. Well, you're on the right track there when you said that, you know, creating the illusion of life, because that's what I do. I make it look and sound like Trillo is real. Yeah. You know, so, uh, I mean, it's my skills as a ventriloquist. But sometimes, you know, you get a little mixed up because I'm the ventriloquist. Well, that's what he, if he, if it makes him feel better to think that, I let him think that. So, you know, uh, so Matthew, let, let's, let's let him think that, okay? I don't want it to feel bad. Okay, so you're the ventriloquist, okay? 
Uh, you're absolutely, you're the ventriloquist. Thank you. All right. So uh, at least we've uh, settled that. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. No, it's so in, in terms of like, uh, how long have you guys been partners for? Well, it's been 32 long years. It was, wow. a, yeah, 32, almost 33 years ago that I had him carved out of wood, according to my specifications, an expert wood carver. Luckily, it was an expert who did that because if Trillow tries to do it by himself, I turn out looking pretty ugly. But luckily, it was a, a an artist who did it. So I came out looking like I do, pretty darn handsome. Do you, do you okay. remember your birthday? Do you celebrate your birthday? No, there's no no one day because it's like uh, we're not sure when the day of completion was. Yeah, I think the guy, uh, the artist, kind of forgot about me for a while. And I was like half finished. We never even ascertained exactly what the date was, but no matter. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're, so you're years old. Yeah, almost thirty-three years old. Right, I've been doing ventriloquism for thirty-eight years, so I was doing it for a few years before um, I brought him into existence. Sure. Well, you didn't know it helped. You didn't actually do it. Well, yeah, to, well, I helped the process get going, create the concept, because I had this concept of a, a detective duo of a ventriloquist and his partner. And the rest is history. The rest there's is an alternate, history. Yeah, there's an alternate uh, backstory to it, which is that we, we met at the last exit nightclub in Brooklyn, New York, because that's a, uh, an important location in our web series mm -hmm. and also in Casa Noir, our current movie. So we, we hang out there a lot, and we do have a history together there. So in one backstory, we actually met there. Gotcha. And, and so and so you but you've had different you had different partners before you guys hooked up. Have you had different other partners since? Well, I've had all kinds of romantic partners. Oh, I think he's talking about ventriloquism. Like, uh, comedy partners or, oh, comedy. or acting partners. What do you guys call uh, the comedy team? Yeah, well, the, the comedy team. That's just the point. That's the issue, though, because I did not want to be part of the comedy team, so I stopped doing that stuff. That's true. He refuses to do shows with me anymore. You know, I, I just focus on the detective work. So when Trillo joins me, or a detective duo, that I don't do entertainment because I find it demeaning and humiliating. That's why he stopped. We started in comedy clubs, nightclubs, way back toward the beginning, a little bit, but he, he cut out very quickly. He said, look, the only thing I'll work with you on is being a detective duo. So I have other puppet partners for okay. entertainment. Yeah, because for me, that's like, that's beneath me. Yeah, okay. He doesn't want to do that. But I do have a whole bunch of, of puppet partners that I do, you know, regular shows with. All kinds of shows. So if you want that traditional kind of stuff, which I kind of, I find it kind of cheesy. You know, then Trilliquist and Dummy, oh, look at me, I'm not moving my mouth. Oh, what do you do? Like, who cares? Uh, but, you all right, so you don't get jealous that he's uh, he's he's his other partners in his life. Hell no! I'm glad that he uh, spent a little time away from me because he uh, you know he gets on my nerves a little bit. He's kind of an annoying guy, and he's a, he's a great partner as a detective, but you know, like to have to hang with this guy. Well, the feeling is kind of mutual. So yeah, it's a, it's a love hate relationship. I guess so. He loves me, and I hate him. <laughs> I think. Well, all right, never mind. All right. So last question. Uh, Trillo and Suede, how come it's not Suede and Trillo? It's just the ring to it. Because I don't have I don't have much of an ego. Oh, not much? No, not when it comes to this. Okay, when it comes to my uh my talent with the dames, yeah, I have quite an ego because it's justified. But as far as other stuff, no, I, I don't care about the billing. I just I agree. I thought Suede and Trillo doesn't just ring as nicely as Trillo and Suede. So I agree to that. 
that's one thing, at least we had no contention about, no arguments. Trillo and Suede, we agree that has a nice ring. And I talked about ring. I thought, I think I heard the telephone ring. I think, you know, I got I to meet with a client. Okay. Oh, I think you're going to join me. Yeah, I'll join him. We're, yeah, we're going to both meet to a client, uh, with a client. Yeah, she wants to meet me because, you know, she's a looker. So uh, I'll let Trillo uh, tag along here. Okay, but, you know, we do have this uh, fan, a deranged fan named Jonathan Geffner. He yeah. kind of, he's under the delusion that he created us. He thinks he writes in a lot of scripts and he creates us. He, he, he kind of looks like Trillo, so people confuse them. Yeah, my alter ego, some people think. Anyway, he's over here nearby. I think on our way out, we'll ask him if he'd like to talk to you. Is that okay? We'll ask yeah, him 100%. Him. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Okay, so we'll be right back. See you later. Okay. Well, no, actually, we won't be right back, but Jonathan will be here. Okay. As we wait for Jonathan. Well, that was a lot of fun. That was, yeah. that was great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was, I was watching that. It was kind of fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, think I, think you, I appreciate you doing that because I know you do that all the time and you probably get paid to do that. So I, we got to show, right? So. Well, it's all in a good cause because you know, I'm eager to promote my new movie, Casa Noir. And, you know, these guys are the stars of the movie, Trillo and Suede. So you said you started just to, to, to finish off with your ventriloquist. You said you started 38 years ago. What made you, what, what interested you in ventriloquism? <clears throat> I saw a street performer, the momentous day about 38 years ago in Manhattan, <clears throat> Columbus Circle. I just saw someone, was walking by <clears throat> and saw a street performer and was just mesmerized. First time I'd actually seen a live ventriloquist performance. And it was a, a, a cathartic moment. I felt very inspired and felt this is what I need to do. This is my calling. This is it. It's the most exciting, fascinating thing I can imagine doing. And I made it my business to learn. I, I decided if it's at all humanly possible, I will learn to do this and I'm going to become a professional ventriloquist. And I did within a few months, I was actually already performing <clears throat> some small shows <clears throat> after a few months of intensive uh, practice. Yeah. So how do you, like, did you go to, like, a person, like, did you get, who did you get trained by? Um, well, I, I found a professional ventriloquist named Todd Stockman, who, um, who gave me a few lessons in private. I got four private lessons with him, and that was enough for me to learn the basic techniques and then just practice obsessively on my own. I also picked up more and more tips as I was going along by going to every ventriloquist performance I could find. Luckily, I was living in New York City, which I'm, I'm a lifelong, almost my whole life, yeah. New Yorker. And so there are lots of ventriloquists performing in uh, comedy clubs, nightclubs, and they uh, already comedy clubs in those days was the yeah. main venue. So I went and watched every show. I went backstage and uh, asked pointers from from these ventriloquists. Sometimes they would talk to me, sometimes they wouldn't. But I also very quickly found out that, uh, shortly after I was uh, investigating all this, how, how to go about doing it, that there was an international ventriloquist convention, which was in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky in those days, every year. Uh, and I started going to that, starting with that first year that I was uh, involved in it, learning it. Yeah. And that was great for a few days, learning from watching all kinds of ventriloquists and workshops in it, all kinds of stuff like that. So I'm assuming some of them didn't want to help you because they, they felt that you could be competition one day, I guess, right? That's right. Yeah, there's, I guess, right? Yeah, there was, uh, there was some of that. Some of them uh, didn't want to uh, give any tips. They're afraid. Yeah, why should we, why should I 
divulge the secret, not so much secrets, but I mean, sort of secretive uh, techniques, attack, uh, tr- you know, I mean, people think like, oh, is it a trick? Well, it's not really a trick, there are techniques, but you, you do have to practice them. But yes, you have to learn certain uh, techniques and then you have to practice them to get good at them. And yeah, some people don't, don't want you to learn, but it's kind of, uh, everything's out of the bag these days on the internet. I mean, that was pre-internet days. Uh, so, um, yeah. you know, it was a, harder to find some of this information, but now it's all over the place. I mean, young people now who want to learn ventriloquism, it's very easy for them relative yeah. to, to in my day, because there are a lot of people on YouTube who teach you how to do, do ventriloquism. They step-by-step, step, they teach you. So, you know, it's the, now it's not a question of, oh, what's the secret? You can find out the secrets very easily. Yeah. It's a matter of, well, practicing them and getting good like at addition, it. In a sense, right? Like before, like when I was growing up, you, we would be like, these illusions would be amazing. And now you can figure out how they do it on the internet. But then but it's not about like, you can, that's step one. But then of course it's the execution as you described, right? So yeah. Now it's so much, uh, you know, the way you do it, how, how good you are at doing it. It's not yeah. so much like some deeply guarded secret how to do it. Yeah, because some people can do it. I don't know if you can do that. Like, they can drink, like, I guess, drink water and, and do it at the same time or something like that. Like, I've seen that before. Yes, I can do it, but I'm not going to do it right now. It takes a little uh, focus that I don't feel like oh, doing right now. <laughs> no, I, 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 I remember watching the TV show Soap. Right. And uh, Jay Johnson. Like, Jay Johnson. And it was like, I was like, I remember being like five, six years old. And the show was hilarious. And it was just so, yeah. right. Like it was because it gives you like, it talk about like, uh, it talk about the comedy world about being politically correct and like being worried that you're going to, you're going to say something that's going to offend somebody. But then you have, you have the, your, I don't know, they don't call them the dummy anymore. You have your partner. <laughs> Yeah, right. you know, ventriloquial figure is the is the official word for that, but but dummy is fine too. I don't mind dummy. Okay, no, but I didn't like I said I didn't want to offend you, but you can just say whatever the, your 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 partner can say whatever he wants, right? Or she. Right. Yes, that's, that's the art, I guess, right? Yeah, that's the part of the allure for me and for other ventriloquists, I'm sure, is that uh, it's, it gives you kind of an out. It gives you a way of expressing things, saying things, gives you license that you wouldn't normally have because well, I didn't say it. The dummy says it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So what propelled you to, like, obviously you do acts, you're like, uh, you're, you're doing well. It's like, what propelled you to do like the web series and then Casa Noir? Well, this concept of Trillo and Suede, this was uh, one of, uh, of many characters that, that I already had going, you know, um, many years ago. So it was, um, uh, let me see, yeah, Trillo and Suede. Well, it was shortly after the 32, so maybe 30 years ago that I, I started um, playing around with this idea of a ventriloquist detective with his wooden partner, uh, because I love film noir. So the influence of that, the old detective movies, mystery movies, 1940s and 50s. Uh, I love that genre. It's very exciting to me. And, and uh, I love the kind of uh, gloomy, dark atmosphere of film noir, um, the intensity of it. Um, it's sort of a catharsis, I think, to be immersed in that world and to feel like uh, you kind of emerge from it somehow, from yeah. all the, uh, the the chaos, the turmoil, the stress, the suspense and all that. Uh, so uh, since I love film noir, I also uh, love comedy and I was already a comedian because a ventriloquist is of sorts a, a comedian. And I wanted to combine the two. I wanted to, uh, also the fact that 
uh, it's sort of a twilight zone-ish uh, feeling I have about ventriloquism that you're creating an, an alternate reality. And the, I love playing with the line between reality and illusion, what's real, what's not real. Uh, so this is all something that's exciting and fascinating to me. So put it all into one as, uh, you know, detectives in a film noir alternate universe. That was my concept. That's, that's so it's like ventriloquism meets film noir. That's basically yeah, what yes. selling. Yes, ventriloquism meets the Marx Brothers meets film noir. The Marx Brothers being my favorite comedy team, yeah. an old old comedy team. So I'm very influenced uh, by by them. But, well, you know, many people, but my uh, biggest influences are, are the Marx Brothers as far as comedy goes. No, that's genius, though. It's like it's like combining the the, the combining the the genres, combining like it's just like. That's sort of the, the new thing these days, right? Like if you ever like saw Parasite where Parasite kind of like became a comedy, was a comedy, then it became this horror film. And it was like, it's like, mm. that's sort of the new, you see that on TV where it's like, let's start with one genre or let's mix these genres up and let's try to do like two things. At yeah. Same. Yeah. I guess a lot of people would do that, but yeah, I was, uh, I was doing or trying to do it way back, um, you know, over 30 years ago, but um, I didn't, um, I mean, I wrote a bunch of scripts through the years. My first feature film uh, was written uh, over about 25 years ago. And I tried to get funding for this for many years and came close many times. Also, I wrote treatments for a TV series based on these characters. I wrote a whole bunch of episodes. I was pitching that all over the place. I almost got a deal with Sky TV in the UK way back, like 25 years ago, um, where I got this lovely rejection letter from the head of their development departments raving about my script and the concept uh, and all this stuff, but then saying, but it doesn't exactly fit the, our niche of what we're going for something like that. So, you know, good luck. Uh, so anyway, I could, and the, very frustrating how many times I came close to getting something big going and never happened. So <clears throat> what I did do, uh, the, I self-funded a short movie, Trill, Trill and Suede Mystery, in 2005 called Oxford Park. And that one um, I was hoping would serve as a demo to, to get me a feature film. It didn't work to, to get me that uh, the funding I needed, it, although it did well in film festivals way back. People yeah. can still see it though. I put it on, on my YouTube channel, which is the Trillo and Sway YouTube channel, so people can watch it, Oxford Park. But then fast forwarding, I kind of eventually put this on the back burner and just uh, didn't do much with Trillo and Sway for many uh, many years while I just did entertainment with my various other puppet partners. But I, a few years ago, about uh, three years ago, I started to think about it again and feeling very, uh, very frustrated that <clears throat> I was never able to do something uh, big with with my concept. And I decided I'll self-fund something. And I decided on a web series because uh, that was kind of getting really big already, you know, three years ago, a lot of people doing web series and I could do it on a smaller budget than it would yeah. take for a feature film. So I did that. I went ahead and funded that, funded a season two. And um, then um, while I'm still trying to promote the web series and hoping that will take off and something will come out of all the many awards that it's won, it won 43 awards in festivals for best web series, best comedy, all kinds of stuff. But still the elusive funding to get the uh, a feature film made <clears throat> or... Another thing is to get like a Netflix series or some other big series. Yeah. I'd love to do any of that. <clears throat> but while I'm doing it, still working on that, <clears throat> I wrote uh, uh, Casa Noir, which is a, a short film parody of Casablanca. Yeah. And I've got that out there now. Also in the film festival circuit, as you know. 
Yeah, so you like if you go to your website, you have all kinds of <coughs> things like Geffner.com, which is great. It's so good that you got you got that domain. I'm sure a lot of other people who are Geffners would want that domain, but uh, so kudos. Yeah, for yeah I got it a long time ago. There were a few Geffners who have approached me through the years wanting to buy it. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you can get some good money for it too, right? So uh, I'm not sure how much they would offer me. That actually was early on the, many years ago. I got a, a couple of requests from other Geffners, but uh, they didn't offer me too much in those days. Maybe now they would, but I, yeah, they but, would, yeah. yeah. but I'd be, quite a price for me to let go of it there is a price though hey any rich Geffners out there contact me if you really want this domain i'm sure there's a lot of rich Geffners out there i wish i was one of those rich Geffners i wouldn't be funding this myself my feature film so but no but i was just going to point out that you have like you you cross you cross the uh, generations meaning that you can do like an act for kids you can do an act for uh, for your the, for the Jewish population. You can do an act for the and obviously you have an adult act as well. I guess right. Yes, I do. I I primarily through the years I've been doing kids shows and family shows. Yeah. My very favorite venue is family shows where like all ages because I like to be able to have the challenge of facing uh, the different age groups, wide span and entertaining people simultaneously at different age levels all at once. So that's my favorite, but I do a lot of kids shows too. I became uh, popular as a, as a kid's entertainer. Um, but that's one of the things that also prompted me to, to really focus uh, in the few recent years on Trill and Sway to try to get that going because that's aimed at adults. And I, I uh, yearned for for doing more comedy and material for adults because I was sort of getting a little frustrated through the years. of I, I love performing for kids, but it also is, has its limitations because obviously I have to, uh, you know, gear, censor myself and stuff like that. So, uh, <clears throat> so that Trill and Suede is a welcome relief that I, it's the, the comedy is for adults, is meant for adults. I mean, it's not, uh, you know, a lot of foul language or anything oh. like that, which doesn't interest me in doing, but, it, but it's adult level, you know, it's yeah. aimed for, for adults. Yeah, there's a sophistication to the, to the story, even though it's like the tone is, is comedy and it's funny to watch, there's still a sophistication to the, like, it's not for yeah. kids. Hopefully. It's just my my goal was to just write uh, whatever I felt like writing, which what's funny to me, what uh, inspires me to write, which would be for an adult audience, just sort of uh, by default, uh, pretty much. Although I think kids would enjoy it, too. <clears throat> you mentioned uh, Jewish themed stuff, because I, I do a lot of stuff for Jewish audiences yeah. <clears throat> because I, I speak both Yiddish and Hebrew. Oh, that's and, and teach those languages too. Well, I teach I teach Yiddish. Hebrew, my Hebrew is pretty good, but not 100%. Yiddish um, is uh, kind of um, expert at. <clears throat> so that I'm very, you know, immersed in that. That's why I became very popular with Jewish audiences because I can perform in those languages. Uh, so that's an, an added uh, thing. And But when, in my regular shows too, um, just naturally there, there's Jewish humor that yeah. that seeps out. So I, you know, I, I add, I put that in even in Casanoir, there's some Jewish humor. Um, I, I try not to go too overboard if I'm going for a general audience. I don't want people to feel like it's it. like a wink. You're, it's almost like a wink humor. It's like the certain population of people will get that humor, right? And if they yeah. don't, it's still, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of like as a double-edged sword, meaning that it's like, it's it's funny in two different versions. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully the people, it's not too much that people feel excluded. With When I do the, uh, in the web series, um, I had uh, quite a bit of, of Jewish, uh, you know, 
oriented humor the references and things like that yeah. i threw because that's the stuff that, that i thought of and uh, i i was uh, a little concerned well will people think it's uh, it's it's too jewish for a general audience but uh it's funny because i got a bunch of comments from people who told me they uh, they love the jewish humor and, and specifying i'm not jewish but i love the jewish humor i got one complaint from somebody saying this thing this series is too jewish and I said, are you Jewish? Yeah, I'm Jewish. I, it's too Jewish. So the only complaint I got was from a Jew who said it's too Jewish. Well, that's that's kind of the Jewish population in a nutshell, right? They love it and they hate it at the same time, right? Yeah. That's you're talking to. <laughs> but so do you do like bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs? Like, do you do that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I do a lot of those. I mean, I do Jew general audiences too. Uh, you know, I uh, it depends on the type of show. Um, you know, I uh, I... Uh, cool it with the Jewish stuff if it's really if it's yeah. not appropriate. Like I do a lot of school shows, just educational things like uh, uh, on uh, anti-bullying and cooperation and anti-drug. And you know, through the years, I've done a lot of those. Not so much anymore, but what, those are general population. So of, of course, I, I avoided Jewish humor when I did that. That wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah. So uh, you know, but for for adults, uh, sometimes I'll throw it in just whoever I'm performing for. That's really cool. Okay, so tell me about uh, this film because this film's this, this is a really ambitious uh, short film. It's twenty two minutes, different locations, a lot of casts. Like this is a pretty ambitious, epic short <laughs> film that you guys made. Yes, <clears throat> well, this was actually um, derived from that first film I mentioned that I I wrote twenty five years ago. That one was called The Hong Kong Canary, which was um, a parody of both. Uh, of both uh, Casablanca and the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but since I never was able to find a way to produce it, to find funding to produce it through these years, when I decided I'm, I'm going to do a short film, one more thing, I'm going to self-fund before I pack this thing in and let's see if I can really attract something big, like the funding for the feature film or uh, attract interest in doing a, a major TV series based on Trill One Sway. But uh, I, I figured, okay, I'll, I'll do one. I can raise the money for yeah. one short film, but what is it gonna be? And I, since I wanted so much to do that original film, Hong Kong Canary, I decided I will condense that. I'll make it into a short film. And that's what I did. So I, uh, this was really, this is a condensation of my original feature film. And, and I cut out the Maltese Falcon part of it. And I just focused on the Casablanca parody part of it and gotcha. uh, made it very intense. And, uh, I'm very pleased. I mean, I think it works very well as a, as a compact film because yes. I can, you know, uh, for all the major plot points that I wanted to, to hit and also update it because now I reflect things, uh, references to the pandemic, that kind of thing that I, I put in there. But it's really like, this film is like, for people who know, this film's doing really well in the festival circuit. It's played in Paris, it's played in Rome, played in Czech Republic, obviously everywhere around the States, New York, Los Angeles. It's played in Turkey, I guess, too, right? Yes, yes. It's played in London, oh. UK, so in, in South Korea. Toronto, like it's pretty, it's it's all over the place. It's like it's like picking up award <clears throat> award, uh, including our festival. And uh yeah, it's just it's just an amazing uh short film. When I first watched it, I'm like, I was like, I was rooting for it. Sometimes you I root uh, for films because it's like, <clears throat> like you want it to, to land. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want it to like tone-wise, you want it to like it's 22 minutes. It's got it, it, you know what I mean? It's got to stay. It, it, yeah. A really great job. So, kudos to you guys. What Thank did you. you think about our audience when we sent you the audience feedback video? What did you think about what, what our audience had to say about your film? Oh, I was uh, I was delighted by those uh, comments. They were very astute comments. You know, <clears throat> those uh, <clears throat> people who um, 
who, who re responded to it, or, uh, to the movie, um, they made uh, some very uh, telling observations. Like they, they really seem to understand and appreciate the concept and the execution of it. And um, so I was impressed with the, the level of, uh, you know, of understanding of these, of these audience members. And uh, it's very gratifying to see how enthusiastic they, they seem to be about it. Well, it's a great film, like I said. So are you going to make another, like you're going to make a Maltese Falcon version of this film? Like you're going to do like a, do a, like a sequel to it? Or The big question mark here is money. Because now I'm, I'm at the end of my road of my self-funding days. I self-funded the web series yeah. and got kind of Casa Noir. So now I'm just promoting Casa Noir. I'm still promoting the web series also. Yeah. And uh, seeing where this lands me, if it can uh, attract uh, financiers, investors, yeah. uh, production companies uh, to go further. I have all kinds of ideas and scripts ready to shoot uh, feature films as well as the TV series. Uh, so there are all kinds of things ready to go. Hopefully we'll be able to get one of those things going pretty soon. That makes sense. It's like a, almost like a proof of concept. Like an, yeah. yeah. Demo proof of concept. Yeah. You've hit the level. Let's look what I look what I got, and you still have obviously your your day job where you you do acts and you yeah. etc. Right. So, but you're looking for you want to get into the into the movie game, I guess, right? Oh yes, yeah. I'd like to get intensely intensively into it. I have several scripts ready, several several feature films actually uh, ready to go, and I've got uh, episodes of uh, TV series ready to go. Yeah. So there's uh, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, just uh, waiting for the chance, and I'm. Uh, promoting Casa Noir mainly as the proof of, of concept yeah. uh, because that's that is the uh, the best I think proof of concept the web series uh, I'm very pleased with also I yeah, how it came out but Casa Noir is a higher production value uh, I, I believe uh, so you know I think that's really the sort of the best proof of concept gotcha. that I've done so far and it all started 38 years ago at Columbus Circle I guess right yes exactly and now you're here yeah, quite a story well, congratulations. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate talking to Slade as well. And um, yeah, it's so cool. I decided my first uh, ventriloquism interview. So I'm, I'm very, uh, very honored that you did that. Well, my pleasure. Thank you for uh, this very lovely chat. One, two, three, four, five.